This is exactly right. It's 1943 in the Kingdom of Bulgaria. As the Second World War rages, King Boris dies suddenly and every nation is a suspect. The Butterfly King premieres March the 21st on Exactly Right. It's a cruel tale of a doomed royal dynasty. Somewhere, the truth is out there. Listen to The Butterfly King on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) Are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off. Style. We want to welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Malhorn. Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. Hello, Karen, my friend. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm great. Good, good, great. good, 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 yeah. good, good. I've been, uh, been having a good time. I did a show two nights ago that I'm still feeling good about because it went well and it was in a backyard and these people had like a their own speakeasy bar that they had modified their garage, but they had this cat that looked, it was like a tiny black cat, kind of like the cat I had that no one needs to hear those stories again. About feline AIDS, right? Yes, about my cat that had AIDS and lived with AIDS for a long time until he died of it. And uh, thrived. Thrived, had a great life for a cat and had a similar, similar personality to this cat, which I didn't, I just acknowledged and kind of petted. Then I'm on stage and the cat was just kind of whiling in the audience, like would even jump in someone's lap for a second and then jump off, but kind of delighting everyone, like a happy cat that was just excited. To... And I was on stage and I was like, the cat was in the back of the uh, room. It's outside, but the back of the yard. And I was like, kitty, come here. And the cat ran to my feet and just sat by my feet my whole set and looked and just watched me do stand up. And everyone watching was like, you are some sort of a whisperer. And I played it off like, yeah, that happens all the time. If I call <laughs> even a stray cat, he'll just hop on my shoulder like a parrot. And I, it was the best Such a good feeling brag. ever. Such a good brag. Yeah, it. there's pictures of it uh, yeah, that I can prove and show you, but it, it's made me so happy. That was so like, you were able to go in and out of your act, basically clocking where this cat was and then picking the perfect time to then invite the cat kind of into your act. Yes. Having moments with that, then going back and it continuing. Was, it was a cat-dictated set. Mm-hmm. I did mostly cat stuff that I feel like the cat would have liked. Mm-hmm. And uh, fish, it really fish, went... A lot of fish material? 
Yeah, yeah. A lot of nip, <laughs> a lot of nip references. I'm gonna miss that cat. Is all I'm saying. The cat is spoken for. The people that live there own the cat. Yeah, but, you can't uh, take oh, the cat. Oh shit! But yeah, yeah. the brag of um, having sway over animals more than average people, right, is something that not only is kind of a great brag, but you just proved it to a backyard full of comedy nerds. They saw it happen, and they were uh, people were gasping. It was it, it's something. It may be a boring story, but very much in the moment, felt like, oh my god, I have a magic ability. I'm rad. It, it's yeah, not boring yeah. at all. Yeah, it was. He again sat by my feet for a good ten minutes. <laughs> He's a real just, Fairbanks fan. Oh God, this cat really like we really hit it off. And then I just <laughs> went home. I'll never see this cat again. I know I won't. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's what happened. I'll 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 take that to the pro. I'll be on Steven's podcast. I'll do. I, oh, that's a good idea. This isn't the place for it, even though I've spent the time. Look, I like it because it. It involves all the things we like, which is your story about your cat having feline AIDS. Yeah, everyone wants to hear updates. Stand-up stories, which we always <laughs> mm, want. And we sure. want to hear, we don't, we want to hear the stories about how things are going good out there again for people. And I think this is like, now nature is in support of stand-up even though, comedy. Yeah, even though that story was a snooze fest, I checked all three of those boxes. You did. And again, I'll argue that it was actually completely compelling the entire time you told it. Thank you. And it, did you have an uh, anecdote? Nope. Yeah, I just steamrolled if you did. <laughs> no, no, I actually did. My only anecdote is uh, I realized about half an hour ago that I'm wearing a sour shirt. You know, I think I left this load of laundry in the in the washing machine too in long. A, a saucer of milk. Yeah. Did you leave your shirt in a saucer <laughs> of milk again? I did a milk soak, which they said would be great. Uh so, because I kept thinking it was something in the room. So I yeah. kept like rinsing the sink and doing things, going at lighting candles. And I finally realized on the last call I was on, it's the shirt I'm wearing. <laughs> it's the shirt I'm wearing. Maybe it needs to be laundered. Yeah, yeah. it sure does. It does. Hey, well, I am i don't smell terrific either. Thank you. But, thank but you. You, know, you know who does smell terrific? You know I'm good at segues, <laughs> yeah. right? Or today's yeah. guest. Yes. Very Over this Zoom, I'm getting kind of an oregano-y, like, mom's home cooking odor from our guest today. Yeah, like old country shit. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and Leather and cedar. <laughs> Farm, barnwood. Can I just say, Karen, candles? I was listening and thinking— You haven't been introduced. You haven't okay. been introduced. It's, no, it's okay. We can do a preemptive— Oh, okay. This is like candles. a cold Candle. open. Tell Got us it. about the candles, yeah. But candles— like the only people that like use candles as a solution are like witches and just the underwashed. <laughs> yeah. People who you know, can't like, time their laundry correctly. You can only fix candles can only like fight a ghost or like deal with uh, like excessive funk. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind so of a mold. Like, light a candle. So you're <laughs> describing people from uh Salem the Salem, Salem Oregon are the stinkers. No offense. Is it Salem, Massachusetts or Oregon? Salem, Massachusetts is these there witch people. Only, you shouldn't be allowed to repeat city names. No, you should yeah. not. From you should across, not. From across Agreed. the the pond. I don't know where, like, where Kansas City is. It's I, which is isn't there more than one? Yep. It's there's one Kansas City, but it sits in uh, mostly Missouri and then a little bit in Kansas. You'd think because it's the city. It's right on the state line, right? It so is. it's like four corners, but half? 
<laughs> right. Yeah. Well, d- yeah. You just go to four it. corners and you stand in all the states. If you can't like, handle the four corners, Kansas City is your spot. That's <laughs> yeah. so just the that two elements a, to deal with. That was a big vacation move from my parents is we're going to four corners and you two kids are going to stand in four states at the same time. Yes. Oh, kids love that. Was, that. that was 80s Matrix. Kids really. love <laughs> geography. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Today's guest, Karen, before we introduce him, is, is someone that everyone, and he will back this up, uh, that we have so many things, uh, interests in common that everyone has said you should be friends with Kevin right. Christie. Yeah. People and, get mad. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and we'll probably talk about a lot of those interests and try and include you, Karen, because it's going to be a lot of I'm going to sit back like a girl and sip my lemonade. He plays clubs and colleges all over this country. Please welcome Mr. Kevin Christie. Kevin Christie, everyone. Hi. Clapping, clapping. (laughs) (laughs) How are you? You know, Alaska cop to the fact that she didn't even make that up, that she stole that. Is that true? Yeah. Oh, I felt terrible for so long because we just ripped that straight off of her. She, in a pocket, she's like, she's like, oh, yeah, I saw this queen did it and I stole it immediately because that's what drag queens do. You see something you like and you just remix it and now it's yours. And I was yeah. like, tight. Oh, good. Tight. I yeah, thought so I stole it even. from my friends who basically worked in like three jobs in a row. They were like the writing department, PAs, APs, producer, whatever. It was this group of girls that I worked with several times and they all did it because mm-hmm. I think they were fans of Alaska Thunderfucks. Yeah. Um, I thought they made it up, so I just thought I was stealing it from a friend, which is what every comic does for yeah. good good bits and <laughs> Yeah. I remember back. seeing Steve Byrne did a thing, like just a tiny bit of crowd work, and then I did it like a week later. I was like, hey, man, I did that thing. He goes, oh, no, that's for all of us. He goes, that's, that's, a, that's, that's for everyone. Like it was when you ask a, a, a couple how long they've been together... If they're married, and you go, who's you know who's married? Things you used to do in the early two thousands. Yeah. <laughs> Who, who's in the crowd married when you're bombing? And uh, if someone says like under your, you go, what's your secret? <laughs> and he's like, oh no, that's for all of us. That's, those are things yeah, we yeah. all get to use. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fair's fair. If need be. Yeah, yeah. Have you that's been all. doing stand up again, Kevin? I have. I have. I'm at the comedy store every week again, and uh, this I do a room in Santa Monica with Neil Brennan. Every week, and yeah, that's it. And how's just, it been? Are you glad to be back? How's your experience been? Do you, any I cats? am. I am glad to be back. Uh, I'm the last one wearing a mask. I get clowned now at the comedy store. Like uh, people make fun of me for w- still wearing masks, even though the numbers are going up, up, up. I look. I'm super vaxxed and boosted, but I just I don't know. It seems I I will say the one thing I liked about COVID is being able to look at everyone and think you're dirty. Yeah, <laughs> like we were all dirty. It was great. Yeah, yeah. You go to anywhere you went, and you were like, everyone's dirty. Oh, look man. at all you. Everyone's so dirty right now. Yeah, it's okay if I look down on you for being dirty because I'm also looking down on myself. Dirty, dirty. We're all dirty. It was my job to go to the market. Like that was my function in our household. So I would be at Albert. Were you one of the piggies? <laughs> 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 but don't say what size. Yeah, and, the uh, big one. Yeah. The big one. The one. He's a big. I'm always stubbing. Look at the size of my Zoom loft. I'm clearly a giant pig. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're clearly. The big, yeah. So, but I would go to the market like, you know, seven in the morning because I want a toilet paper. <laughs> and like, just look, we all just looked at each other with the same, like, you're dirty. No, you're dirty. <laughs> just <laughs> gloves, masks, the plastic, like all Stop of Stop trying it. to be near me. There's a lot. I had a lot of that, like, I would 
do, this is a trick, if you carry a large purse, um, if somebody's standing too close to you, you just turn around fast and hit them with your purse and then go, oops, yeah. sorry. Turn it into them. But you basically say, hey, if I can't move and my purse hits you, then you're too close, you're standing too close yeah. to me. You're going to go back it up. Yep, I do that with my backpack, which also is a skateboard on it. Whenever I travel, like getting off a plane, people get, they start to crowd you. I do some side shuffles. Yeah. Let them feel some of that pack. <laughs> yeah. How about Give a little pack to, yeah, a little skateboard wheel to the ankle or to the elbow or to the <laughs> yeah. ankle. I don't and know. I'll roll around on the floor. Yeah, yeah. I do the same with my bow staff, kind of carry it around, <laughs> yeah, you know. Yeah. And you can still get on a plane with that, right? Yeah, it's just shy of a pole vault. So mm. pole vaults is where they cut it down. Yeah, it's yeah. Kind of fun. Like Venice. it's a bow staff. Oh, I thought you said a boat staff. Like you, were, oh. like you were a, one of those guys in Venice with the boat. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. It's it's the only it's probably the same length. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look into this. <laughs> did 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 they invent karate in Venice? <laughs> I mean, what if there was some crossover we just didn't know about? Okay, would, let me let me ask you this, Chris Fairbanks. We've that's documented. Me. We've documented that you and I are in. We basically have the same personality. Yes. Yes. Uh, were you also into Taekwondo in the 80s? No, no, I was not. I, uh, yeah, I wrestled a little in uh, college. And then okay. once I started drinking, I'd do a little street fighting with strangers. <laughs> you know, uh, but I never did any organized in a facility because I was... A street fighter. I was a skateboarder. You know, I, yeah. I even if I was kind of interested in things... And I was sort of into wrestling. A lot of people don't know that about me. I liked it. Now I know to never fight you. Moon, just yeah. a singlet. Hey, I'm not like a cauliflower Never ear fight guy. a wrestler. I know. Never fight a wrestler. All you got to do is look at someone's ears. Yeah. Bobby Lee also was a wrestler. Don't fight Bobby Lee. <laughs> Why? Well, they'll gr grapple you right down to the ground? Most <laughs> fights end up on the ground. And yeah. now yeah. you're on the ground with someone who knows what to do on the ground. You're going to get fucked up. Dude. Yeah. 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 You get yeah. all Also, wrestlers have spent so much time with another human on top of them trying to hurt them, they're calmer. And if yeah. you're calmer in a fight, you're going to win. <laughs> yeah. This is based on the fact that I haven't been in a fight in maybe 35 years. Oh. So, <laughs> yep, yeah. yep. That's the knowledge I'm bringing to this. Chris, yeah, can we, we solve this for Kevin and get him into kind of a classic street fight yeah. where we can, and then practice just calming down in the moment? Yeah, just almost like a meditation thing. Yeah. Just Chris next to me, stay present, stay present. <laughs> stay pre in stay four, present. out four. Keep you in mind. coach? Yeah, I brought a coach. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Get yeah. ready. Yeah. He's a wellness coach. <laughs> <laughs> he came drink, with this loft. Drink this juice. Drink this juice slowly. <laughs> now start punching. <laughs> and make sure it comes from a good yeah. place. No, 80, Taekwondo in Los Angeles in the 80s was hot. Was it because of Karate Kid and that yes. kind of, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. Karate Kid warped all of our brains. Yes, it did. I don't know anyone who saw Karate Kid and didn't immediately try to beat up whoever was sitting next to them in the theater. Yeah. All I, all I got from that movie is I want a BMX bike with 24-inch rims. I wanted the I big... I hate this bike. I hate it. <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, get it part. out of the dumpster and have your karate when old he... man friend help you because I want that bike. And I've had a couple of them just like it. That I, The point I, is, dreams come true. It was so sad that he hated that bike. You're like, that's a sweet bike, dude. Yeah, it's yeah. the nicest mongoose any of us had ever seen. <laughs> I also wanted to live in like a Japanese-style house. I was like, this whole movie, like they were in the valley? Yeah. yeah. Like, I was already in the valley. <laughs> I'm in the valley now. I don't live here, but I feel comfortable here. 818 Native? Like our Bernie yeah. Stevens? Mm -hmm. Till oh, you no. die? 
I was born in the 818. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, um, nice. I, so far, very I don't far spend away. Much, I don't spend much time here, but when I get back, it feels comfortable. You know what I like about the Valley? The Valley has no master. The Valley just does whatever it wants. That's right. There's no hierarchy here. Mm-mm. None. No. They're just building whatever. It's like apartment building, someone's castle, and then just a three-bedroom house, and then a vape store, and then another castle, and, and then, then just a, a white a farmhouse sewer. with rocking yeah. chairs on the front porch where you're yeah. like, why did you put that here? It's, yeah. We're nowhere near even a yard, much less like, a farm. Oh, Martin Lawrence. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, there's, yeah. it's everywhere. It's just a wonderful, chaotic, scary place. Yeah, yeah. To this day, you can just go through the valley and see Martin Lawrence jogging with wearing <laughs> trash bags, trying to lose weight. No. We don't remember why he was doing that, but I think he was trying to lose weight for uh, that Bad Boys sequel. Too? Yeah, yeah, for yeah, for, totally for Bad Boys too. Yeah, I'm I gonna like say it was for Bad Boys too. I am and, too. And, I did. Uh, yeah, but he kind of had a psychotic episode. And, I think uh, didn't he just pass out and have a stroke? Yeah, yeah, he was dehydrated. But before yeah. he passed out, wasn't he in the um, center of an intersection yelling at cars? Sure, Maybe. I sure. believe there was an element. Yeah. Well, I not, bet it was really funny though. Not having, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and at a high volume. I was talking to Suli McCullough about this. There's a generation of like that kind of late 90s, early 2000 Def Jam guys that I don't know that they get the credit they deserve for murdering harder than anyone who's ever done stand-up. Like, yeah. yeah. Earth, you know, guys like Earthquake. Well, Earthquake just had that special come out. but like, It's so good. Room melters, like Bruce Bruce. Yeah, yeah. Guys yeah. that would just liquefy a room where you're like, I'm not going after that human on any yeah. level. Like, I hope you enjoyed your set because I am going to bore the nuts off of anyone in the audience yeah. if you follow those people. <laughs> you can't yeah. follow them. And you they, can't follow a, them. The laughs where the people have to stand up. Like, it's just, yeah. they, those people were fucking in. Like, peak Martin Lawrence, he was burning rooms to the ground. Cat yeah. Williams. Yeah. Like, just Cedric the Entertainer is one of the best yeah. stand-up comics. Yeah. Cedric's Kings of Comedy set is oh. one of the best things I've ever seen. Yeah. The best. Yeah. Even I mean, uh, 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 the the game show. What? Why can't I think of his name? Steve Harvey. Harvey. Steve Harvey said. <laughs> Steve Harvey, a the greatest uh, Family Feud host of all time. Like maybe the greatest horrified. Like maybe the greatest facial expression takes of anyone you've ever seen of yeah. all time. Yeah. But I've never. You know how comedians like big comedians are like I don't care what you think. They'll say that to the audience. He doesn't actually give a shit. Right. And yeah. the control that per- that dude has over crowds. I've never, like, he truly controls the crowd in a way that I haven't seen. Using really, very u- few people. Using looks of disappointment in them. <laughs> he runs that audience. Yeah, yeah. True. Yeah. Also, his fashion lately is incredible. Amazing. It's so funny. We're just, uh, uh, April Richardson is one of the people that said you have to be best friends with Kevin. And she she has a bit of an animosity towards him because her mom, that's her favorite comic. And then meanwhile... Her mom was not acknowledging that it, maybe April did it on a, on a somewhat similar level. She just was like, <laughs> well, I don't know what level. You do comedy and you're, but yeah. but yeah, you're nothing compared to uh, this guy. I, of course, already forgot his name again. What's Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey. Steve Harvey was on a talk show that I worked on one time and he came, he was being super funny, but they started talking about a time that when he went to visit a Neverland Ranch and Michael Jackson. And then he just went and uh, the host was like, and how was that? And he and he just goes, and I won't be able to do it correctly, 
because he's a he's like Will Ferrell, where just saying plain words is funny in yeah. a way that it isn't. Same with Fred Armisen. Like I've seen people say it, this person yeah. say it, and no one would laugh, and then you say it, and everyone's yeah. going insane. Yeah. He just mm-hmm. turned to the audience and goes, "He got giraffe money." And the audience <laughs> exploded, and this like it never came back down. Yeah, this is what I'm that. saying. Yeah, he is th- that the kings of comedy dudes were a kind of funny that like you're not allowed to be that funny anymore. Like <laughs> yeah. you're not, it's not really allowed in televised comedy yeah. anymore. There's like comedy. There's like comedy that takes place in clubs and rooms and stuff, and then there's televised comedy, and you're not allowed to be as funny as that group was anymore. Yeah, you see it like a you see flashes of it occasionally, but the, it's like Leslie Jones is that funny, like you can't follow Leslie Jones, right? She burnt the room to the ground, and you look like an accountant, <laughs> like just walking up on stage, you're like so. Everyone, get your checks out. We're going to talk about percentages. Yeah. Like it's just not going to happen. Yeah, when that when the comedians of Com- or kings of comedy came out, I I was doing stand up already, and I remember not relating to the reaction they're getting. I'm like, well, I... The that- Queens of Comedy killed that hard, too. That tour, too. Samoa, like, that. those comedians, they, that Monique, tour was... Monique, right? She was Monique, on that? Yeah. Monique killed so hard in that special. You're just like, oh, okay, I'm not gonna... Yeah. You're doing that. Like, you, you, you raise roofs. Yes. And I... Uh, tell people what things are in my head. Yes. <laughs> and I try to talk about my theories on things, yeah. Yeah. which I, truly you know, who gives a shit. At best, everyone or at 80% are lightly tickled. <laughs> uh, I definitely have got, given them something to think about on the way home. That's There's for sure. There's nods. I... I love when an entire crowd just gives me a nice nod of approval. It's really, mm. I, I know mm. what you're trying to do. Mm. But yeah, no one's ever fucking screaming and throwing chairs They're when like I do stand up. They're like the other Kermits and Muppets take Manhattan when he becomes a businessman. <laughs> and they're just like, hmm, hmm. Like, where did all these other frogs come from all of a sudden? Like, oh. there we found out there was new Muppets. Like other Muppets, like yeah. multiverse Muppets. Yeah. That yeah. just worked on Wall Street yeah. for some reason. Yeah. And no one had brought them into the other Muppet universe. Well, These yeah. were like the arty Muppets on Sesame Street. Right. Yeah. Everyone else had to have a normal job. These guys were like the actors yeah. and the like jugglers. East Village Muppets and Wall Street <laughs> Muppets. And the, and the hardest thing to wrap your mind around is that would mean, of course, there has to be multiple Frank Oz's voices and voicing them, you know? Yeah. 100%. Yeah, that's right. The, Business yeah, Frank Oz. No thanks. Yeah, so many Frank Oz's. <laughs> Just no hiding way. behind a countertop with their hand in the air. Felt, no covered way. with felt. Get away, perv. Yeah. You're just That's waiting for him to do a weird voice, but all all business Frank Oz's voices are just him. It's not, he doesn't change it at all. <laughs> he just goes, yeah, I'm a frog now. I have a story that's connected to the story Kevin told when we weren't recording, but I really want to tell it anyway. And I may have already told it on this podcast because we were talking audience people who weren't here, we were talking about when things are overtly sexual, but you can't acknowledge it because there's old people or your parents or your relatives in the room. So Who will all maybe say that's what she said, and we hope that they don't anymore, but they might. Or be Catholic and offended. Yeah, right. Right, It can go one of two ways, both bad. Yeah, yeah, both bad ways. So I wasn't there for this. My sister can't even tell this story without crying laughing. They were all... Uh, my auntie and my dad, my mom, my sister and my cousin Cheryl were eating dinner at my aunt Jean's house. And they were talking about my cousin 
uh, or, you know, not related cousin, Janice, because she went out with a guy that was in my high school class. And that guy's name was Robert Hunt. But of course, freshman year, he immediately got the nickname Mike. And because I went to a highly abusive, tiny Catholic high school where everyone was bullied actively on a daily basis. I I still don't get it. I'm going to need you to say it out loud. His name was Mike Mike Hunt. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) I like it. Not really, but that's, they just called him Mike. Right, right, of course. I made you say that. Sorry. No, it's okay. That's the only reason. I I mean, it's I started the story. So (laughs) my Aunt Jean says, Janice, did my mom says, did Janice break up with that boy she was dating that was in Karen's class? My Aunt Jean says, yeah, I think they broke up a while ago. What was his name? And (laughs) they go, and my sister, without thinking, goes, Mike. And uh, my Aunt Jean goes, I know his last name was Hunt. And then she goes, Mike Hunt, that doesn't sound right. (laughs) And my cousin Cheryl sucks in a piece of lettuce and starts choking on the salad she's eating. My sister immediately realizes what she did and is horrified, but like (laughs) trying not to laugh. And my mom and my Aunt Jean go back and forth for several times. Like my sister said, close to 10 trying out the name and going, does that sound right? Doesn't. And finally, my dad slammed his fist on the table and goes, that's enough. <laughs> he knew <laughs> what no was one, going on. My mom's like, Jim, what's wrong? Whatever. And he, he knew what was going on. And of course, my sister and my cousin Cheryl knew what was going on. But my mom and my Aunt Jean were just blissfully ignorant and saying it over and over again. Oh, hilarious. Like I want Best. your dad to have been like, I was in the service with a guy with that kind of mouth. <laughs> he ended up dead. For real. Yeah. yeah. He got yeah. three men killed. <laughs> I got in a laughing fit the other day at home. I wasn't, I, I had taken some edibles. Okay, guys. Okay. I'm, 40, sure. I'm 45. It's okay. okay you're right. dosing, of course, for medicinal yeah. purposes. <laughs> yeah. Continue. Yeah. And I started, for some reason, me and my girlfriend came, like, what if my name was Brick? And just having to say Brick Christie, like having like <laughs> the K sound and the C sound are too close together, so they become one. And I, I, I almost barfed, like because yeah. it was just me in my house yelling Brick Christie, like that, like <laughs> yeah. Because you don't want, you couldn't say, it, you can't say it soft. You'd have to yeah. say it hard, and it's, it's like you don't have to shake someone's hand hard when you say that name. It's like an implied, overly squeezed hard handshake. Like you can see how fast their hands moving. Yeah, it's a bummer. That like guy's a someone, blowhard. He's a real. Ooh, he's a real yeah. blowhard. He's he's like a what was that Will Ferrell sketch uh, where they'd be at a bar talking about like making up fake stories about some oh, legendary yeah, guy. Yeah, uh, yeah, and the name of the guy was <sighs> was it the scissor, the dancers he, the no the club like, guy. He's, he scissor kicked Bill Angela Brasky. Lansbury. Bill Brasky. <laughs> Bill Brasky. God. He scissor kicked Angela Lansbury. Made me almost pass out when I was when I heard that. But they gave him all giant red alcoholic noses and giant teeth. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they all had fake teeth in. Oh, you too bad, everyone. Uh, It was like Mad Men after dark. It was like what the real, the reality of Mad Men looks like as opposed to what Mad Men looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not as soft lensed. Not as sexy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, Bill Brasky. I forgot about that. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. Kevin, you and I, we okay. We both do stand up. We yep. both, uh, you, you're act, you're, you've, are a very accomplished actor. You're a very good actor. You've I've been, been in, lucky to have acted a lot. Yeah, yeah, you've been in uh, Masters of 
Sex is that the name of the show? You That's were a big part said. in that. You, yeah, you. That is that is what she said. Yeah, and uh, you, <laughs> and but you also are interested in skateboarding. You're also a. a I was raised a skateboarder. A very good artist. You are. I feel like. Would you argue that you, uh, right now you are predominantly a fine artist that does gallery shows for, for your paintings? Yeah, for the last year. I have been allowed to uh, have a fine art career. Yeah. So now, which was is crazy and was uh, surprise, very unexpected. Is it though? Because you were, I remember, because I saw your work go from, you did a lot of line, like contour line, very sure. uh, graphic, yeah. cross-hatchy uh, black line artwork. I thought that was great. And then I remember you doing a lot of like textures, like, mm-hmm. uh you know, just studies in in texture, like 80s sure. looking, almost yep. airbrushed, but you're doing it by hand and maybe with yep. stencils. And now you're doing this. Who's that painter? Hopper. Do you like Hopper? The Edward Hopper. Edward, I, love, yeah, I love me yeah, some yeah, Edward remo- Hopper. Except you're mostly doing people, but it's, uh, yeah. yeah, it really, you're really a good painter. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I started right as, a little before COVID started, I decided to reteach myself how to oil paint. Because I hadn't done it since art school. Nor have I, yeah. And uh, Were you intimidated by it? No, by, I like just me? wanted to paint bigger. And I was painting in gouache. And gouache is really expensive. You can't make a giant painting in gouache. It's a, it's I still just don't much. know what it is. It's always uh, an ingredient it's, on a painting when you're in a gallery. It says gouache. Still don't know <laughs> yeah. what it is. Is it it's, like... It's opaque watercolor. It's what graphic designers used in like the 20s. But it's you can stick. make it really flat. Is no, it no, no, in no. stick form? No, it's in tube form, but the tubes are tiny and shockingly expensive. Oh, like, I've seen those. Okay. Yeah. I just they made I saw us, the price and I didn't want to know what gouache was. They right. made us use them in art school when you took design one. And it was so expensive. There was an art school or, or an art store in Glendale called Swain's that would have the art center sale for art center students. And gouache was 50% off and the line was like around the block. <laughs> right, right. Because a tube was $12 and you're yeah. in art school, so you're very poor. Yeah. And uh, But yeah, it it's very bright colors and it dries very flat. And that's why designers used it for like type before there was computers. Yeah. I don't know why I picked to learn it and get into it. I just liked it, I guess. But uh, then I, st- I wanted to make bigger paintings. And so I started painting in oil again on little on canvases. And I just, uh, a gallerist that followed me asked me to be in a group show. And then she asked me to send some work for with, take to her gallery to a fair. And then asked me to have a solo show. And now I get to make a little living making paintings. That is, is terrific. And you know you're doing well when you're doing the county fair circuit. Now that's a little jab. That's a little jab, and that you, you know, a, when you say I, art fair, people are like, "Yeah, there's one at a park near my house." I'm yeah, like, it's not the same thing. There's but a I lot. Understand? Of, there's a lot of different fairs, lady. <laughs> it's nice to meet you. It's Stay nice on your mouth. I've seen the the art fair. They hang the art on the fence around that <laughs> corner, right there. There's in a pegboard. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. There's 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 cotton candy, yeah. and there's those lemon slushies that you can get at the Rose Bowl. Perfect. And, and, the, and then there's my art, guys. And then there's a lot of watercolors of parrots. And then there's yeah. Kevin's. And Smash yeah. Mouth is going to play? Yeah. yeah they so. It's going to really be are. a great day for this family. It's going to be a great Everclear and Smash Mouth. Uh-huh. We don't know who opens. We don't know why. We don't no, know who gets to open. Doesn't matter. Coin. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. <laughs> but yeah. So it's, it's, I mean, I can't, I can't like be cynical about it. It's awesome. I just get to paint and <laughs> all you, day and, uh, and great. people buy them. It's very and you've cool. Done, you've done 
graphics for like Toy Machine. What like you I've and I both? S- I feel like you and I are the only stand-ups. I said this before we started recording, but you and I are the only stand-ups that have done this a long time that I think have also done artwork specifically for skateboards. Yeah, wouldn't I, that be a uh, safe assumption? Yeah, probably. I've yeah. done a few series for Toy Machine, which is owned by artist and skateboarder Ed Templeton. And yeah. I lied to him and tricked him into letting me do skate graphics. Great. And it worked. <laughs> and it was, I, I like an idiot. I had them pay me in decks instead of money because <laughs> sure. I'm a stupid adult child. And so instead of money, I got 80 skateboard decks (laughs) of my design and I would keep them in the trunk of my car (laughs) and just throw them at what I see see to be underprivileged skaters. (laughs) I would just hurl them and children. You know what, though? Here's a new deck. A long time ago, I did a Bob Bernquist graphic for the firm and I I wish that I I had gotten... No one has those boards. That money was gone immediately to pay my half of the rent that month. Yeah, and I was I like, really... how many boards could I get? And I remember the guy was like, no one's ever asked that. <laughs> I was like, well, yeah. welcome to Stupid Town. <laughs> <laughs> I had to, there were so many, I could, they couldn't ship them to me because it <laughs> cost a thousand dollars. So I had to drive to San Diego and fill a Volvo. That's <laughs> like so... it would have been the dumbest looking car wreck of all time. <laughs> just decks all over the freeway, and I just gave them to anybody who, who needed them. Like You're... a lot of door guys at the comedy store got toy machine decks. <laughs> really, I was like a spawn. Yeah, I laced up everybody. Now I'm out. Like now I only have just I have just one set left that for me. But yeah. I gave them. I, well, after a while, I realized like the last one I gave to like a kid at a bus stop. And I was like, how is he going to explain this to his parents? <laughs> like, how, like, hey, an old white guy with a gave mustache. me this deck at a bus stop. Yeah, yeah. He, he was it on the bus. It all sounds bad. Yeah, yeah. it does. So, so for a while, I, after that, I was like, I would just tell my friends, hey, if you know anyone who needs a deck, yeah. <laughs> let me know. It, because giving them to people was just weird. It was yeah. a weird thing to do. But yeah, I always like get paid in decks like a stupid... Yeah, yeah, it is. But I will say, like, when I picked up those decks at Toy Machine, I got in my car and cried. Yeah, it is. It was, I mean, that's how I learned to draw, was just copying skate graphics. And you are are imagining 14, 15-year-old Kevin looking at you accomplishing this, and it's more important than anything you could... That accomplished was an un- through comedy, or it was yeah. an unruinable day. I was like, yeah. "You can't talk to me right now." I think uh, <laughs> a lot of it for me. I'm always thinking that I'm like, uh, "How do I? Would little kid me look at this and think, oh, man, I'm so cool in my 40s?'" Yeah, like that I is saw, that is a driving force with me. I lived near a high school, gross, and uh, <laughs> but there was a kid, I saw a kid wearing a piece of band merch that I drew. Like 20, I mean, almost 20 years ago. And I was like, this is so great. Like, I, I was like, kid, come here. And I took a picture. Of him. Yeah. <laughs> but I was just like, this. The, Kevin, I'm going to have is, to ask you to stop yeah. interacting with teens. Yeah. I waited so okay. I was like, how am I going to do this in a way that's not insane? He took the photo from over 500 feet away. <laughs> yeah. Zoom lens. As it's fine. You think I don't have a telephoto? <laughs> I said I live near a high school. <laughs> yeah, I got a picture of a kid wearing a Kings of Leon shirt that I technically drew. <laughs> yeah. And then you pop open the trunk and say, who wants to buy a jump rope? <laughs> yeah, no, you know. Yeah. yeah. That's just a yeah. joke. That stuff, that stuff is... Ex- I, 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 I'm not, I can't be cynical about any of that stuff. When I yeah. see that stuff, it gets me pretty excited. Yeah. Because normally, you just even now when I sell a painting, it just 
goes to somebody's condo. Like, I don't know. I'd never <laughs> see him again. It's just some rich person now has this in his condo and I'll never see it ever again. You are, the so then you are right now in your life predominantly making your living as a fine artist. I would say it's like 50-50. Yeah. 50-50 like stand up. 50-50, let's just say showbiz with yeah. so many Zs. And uh, 50% just making paintings. Yeah. And I mean, that is all basically because of the gallery that I am now involved with. Yeah, it's all, no. It's all them. It's like a, it's like, you know, doing stand-up versus like having a successful Netflix special or something. Like as right. soon as they got involved, it turned into a real thing. That's so cool. It's, I mean, dude, I, I you know, it's what I always kind of hoped would happen someday. Because my closet was getting very full. <laughs> just of stacks of just paintings that and, would go away forever. And skeletons and secrets. Yeah, people would be like, hey, I like your art. I'm like, just come to my house. Oh, yeah. You'll leave with so much. Because <laughs> there's just so much. But you did yeah, the, weird. you maybe did the same thing with me where I used to be on the road. And while I was on the road, I would take with me, I used to do illustrations for this aptitude test in Texas. Like word problems would have illustrations. So I'd be on the road doing stand-up and then in my hotel would have to draw, you know, kids doing projects. I never knew what the <laughs> questions were. They would never let me know the questions because yeah. it's part of an aptitude test. But I was always I used, like, this is kind of cool that I'm doing I used just, to have to do those like random businessy spot illustrations. For like, I, I remember having a job for like a British business magazine. It was like, this one's about team building. So it's there like, me drawing business people like ho holding hands or like doing a handstand. <laughs> yeah. Together. Pyramid, yep. yeah. Yeah. It was like you have you get the weirdest jobs. Like I'm I'm the cut like they used I did a had to do an illustration of Flannery O'Connor. So that's just a <laughs> Flannery O'Connor textbook in Spain. And you're like, this is sort of dumb, but also all right, I'll take it. Can yeah. I say what my favorite commercial illustration is, which is the one that's in the front of the dry cleaners. And it's an illustration of a lady who I think you're supposed to believe is the tailor that works inside the dry cleaners. But mm -hmm. she oh, it's usually yeah. like a very kind of 50s looking blonde lady and she's got like glasses and then like a pencil behind her ear and like she's sewing something. But and it's you there's a there's a guy all version the time, too though. You, and yes, you see it all the time. Yes. And he has those like barbershop quartet things on his sleeves. Yep. It clearly you can order like you can go and order window stickers or yeah. window art for your business in this way, but it's kind of this universal, much like the guy on the pizza box that's just like yeah, an yeah. Italian guy with a big mustache holding a yeah, pizza yeah, or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> this, there's like a dry cleaner version, but there's one where I've I've taken the picture because I'm like, why is she so sassy? She's like, it's like she's winking at you. And it's yeah. like, it, she's a tailor. But it's like, there's, get in here. There's this really good documentary about J.C. Liondecker. Do you know who J.C. Liondecker is? No. Chris, no. Okay, J.C. Liondecker, quickly... Maybe the greatest illustrator of all time, Norman Rockwell's hero. He invented oh, the wow. uh, New Year's baby, oh, arrow yeah, yeah. shirt collar man. But he was also a closeted homosexual because it was like the 1910s and 20s. And there's a great documentary about how now, like looking at his illustrations, there's so much coded, like gay language in him that like I didn't even really register until I, I'm not, you watch the documentary now and it's always like, a man and a woman, but there's another guy there. And the, guy, the two guys are looking at each other like, we have a secret. And they definitely <laughs> oh, did. Oh, that's... It's so good. And like the Arrow Shirt Collar Man was based on his like long-term partner. And he was his long-term partner was so handsome, he used to get fan mail. Oh, like a fictitious wow. illustrated Based on character. drawings of him. Yeah. 
<laughs> like wow. JC Leyendecker draws better than I don't I don't even know. Like he was Rock, Norman, he did like 233 New York Post covers and Rockwell did 232 and stopped. Oh, he didn't wow. want to do more than him. Wow. Because he was like, you don't want this out guy. Out of respect. Is, out of respect. He was a fucking juggernaut. Like the way he draws is so bananas. It's, I can't have actually even yeah. like, there's a lot of drawing where I'm like, I could figure that out. I would look at him. I'm like, I don't know what you're doing here, bro. Is yeah. his almost like a little bit art deco-y and yeah. kind of like flourish, a lot of flourishes. Yeah. Like early, the guy who did the Star Wars posters and like Indiana Jones early on was yeah, like kind yeah. of emulating him. That oh, guy's Super great. crisp. And like everything's just perfect wow. and slick. He's, I mean, if you want to look up illustration, get into J.C. Leyendecker because that dude yeah, I was will. a ripper. As, yeah, that's yeah, cool. Especially oh. the inspired Rockwell and that's that's so cool. Uh, the, There's the only a story. Ra- any painting well, of Rockwell, I just imagine a cop leaning over talking to a kid. That's all <laughs> I can imagine. On a commemorative plate yeah. that I'd try to not break at my grandma's. My grandparents only knew that art is Norman Rockwell, so every Christmas, Kevin got a Norman Rockwell book. Yeah. Like, or, there you go. This yeah. is art. But I do have a, I will say, I have a sweet-ass plate that's, you know the one where he's drawing himself in the, at the yeah, easel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looking in a mirror. Yeah, I have a commemorative plate of that badass. Oh, yeah, that's from a From Grandma's house. That's yeah. tight. Yeah. I also oh. have a print. My mom, <laughs> I got a, a Norm, I guess Sears did like a Norman Rockwell print series in the 70s. And I have like the Four Freedoms. The, they did the Four Freedoms and I have Freedom to Worship, which was an odd choice for my mom to put in a house with my dad who didn't go to church. Mm, but I think yeah. she was trying to like push him in that direction. <laughs> Just a suggestion. Yeah. Here, buddy. This is a nice painting. <laughs> Get into the word. <laughs> Have you heard the good word? Have yeah. you heard the good news? <laughs> it's in your You're, house. You, we're free to hear about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to that. They had a Norman Rockwell exhibit at the Ronald Reagan Museum, which was good but tough to enjoy, considering where you sure. were. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. too much at once. It was a lot. It was. It was the most whiteness you could absorb. That's truly white. In one place. Yeah. I will say those old illustrations on now go for a fortune. Like they finally are kind of, they cost what they should. Like a Nor- if you want to buy a Norman Rockwell painting, you're spending a million bucks. Sure. Oh, Even a Liondecker. Well, Liondecker famously like got rid of all his art, like destroyed it all. But some was saved. Like he said in his will, like destroyed it. He wanted it all destroyed for some reason. I don't what, know why. he burned it? I think like his partner was instructed to like burn it, but then they found like a huge stash of it in the basement or the attic of like their New York mansion. He forgot because he was about like it. rich. There was a point where illustrators back then were like stars, so he was like super, super, super loaded. Yeah, by like lived in a huge like New York State upstate type. But deal. making your you know basically common law husband burn your art, it's such a bitch move. Like it's basically like peace and you get nothing. Like well, back if then I'm gone, that stuff. Back then, that stuff was worthless. Oh. Like, there's a guy... Okay, there's a there's a art store in the valley on Laurel Canyon. I can't, I, sta- I can't remember what it's called. But for a long time, they used to have paintings all over the wall, like up high, of this guy, Andrew Loomis. Andrew Loomis, if you've ever gotten one of those How to Paint a Horse booklets... Sure. Oh, yeah. That's Andrew Loomis, like How yeah. to Paint it. Like, I got him right here. Yeah, and I guess he went in there one day and was like, hey, can I give you all these paintings and I can just get free art supplies? So there was like 20 of the most, like the nicest, like perfect 1950s illustrations on the wall. 
and you couldn't buy them. They were like, no, they're not for sale. And you couldn't, you're like, can I get clothes? They're like, no, no, no. And now they're not there anymore. So I think someone was like, would you get these out of here? Yeah. Like, these can't just we're going to get robbed. <laughs> yeah. In an art store on Laurel Canyon near Valsurf. Like this isn't enough. <laughs> like these are worth a fortune. <laughs> One time I had to transport. My friend was the art director for a Foo Fighters cover that Raymond Pettibone did. The guy who did the Black Flag logo. And I went to pick him up and he had a stack of like Raymond Pettibone drawings of like the stuff. And he just put it in the back of my Honda Civic hatchback. He's like, let's go to lunch. I'm like, I, that's $250,000 worth of Pettibone scraps. I'm not leaving them there. Can we please go to your hotel? Please. <laughs> Do you or still have I'm, them? No, they weren't mine. To, he, was, he had to scan them all. So he had to go to my house and use my yeah, They just got left in a trunk. I mean, who even... I'm sure there's scraps somewhere that are... I don't know. I don't know. I, I, t- I don't... Like, part of me is like, who cares? They're yeah. like talking about, I will say the weird thing about being in the art world now is it's the talk of money is like overwhelming. Yeah. Because it's yeah. all just money and flipping and all this weird stuff. So many people, the, the art market's exploded. It's weird. Oh my God. There's so many good documentaries about like art scams. And did yeah. you, you know that one scammer that basically got that per, I'm not going to be able to retell it accurately, but it's like the highest level art scam where they were like, oh, look, we have, and it's like, you know, I won't. I don't even know. Well, there's tons of like the fake Jackson Pollock thing was a big one. Oh, there's that. There's so many fake Basquiat's because I used to throw them away and then people would pretend to find them in like the trash. Yeah. So there's a bit, just lots. It's tough with, with Basquiat. That Andy Warhol Diaries documentary is really good. Is it? Yeah. Yeah, it's really good. I started it. I did. I thought it would be more footage of parties with uh, New Order playing in the background. So I did. I, it really starts like, here's a cathedral. I'm like, oh, we're going to start with it. This is going back too far. I'll revisit it. But yeah, it's, it's good. It's very good. I mean, he, yeah. But didn't he get shot in the stomach? Some uh, crazy yeah, Valerie party. Yeah. Oh, that was her, what, you know her name? Yeah. She oh, shot, shot Andy Warhol. She, she shot, shot the shit out of him. Like, she had right a, in the gut. Uh, but she had a, what's the word I'm looking for? When you write up your proposal manifesto. of anger. <laughs> it's a manifesto. She had a whole manifesto. And- Show Bible. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't think of it. There's a real good movie with Lily Taylor about her. That Lily I, Taylor's I, so good. She's so good. And she's Lily so good. Lily Taylor's so good. Yeah. Sheesh. She's Sheesh, serious. guys. She's, She's a good one. She actually was in a, a stand-up audience. I didn't have to do a set, thank God. It was like, this was mid, this was, this was late 90s, early 2000s. And it was some shitty fucking room that was also a bookstore in Santa Monica. It was like bad news. And I was with, I think I was with Janine. I was with some friend that was on the show and I was standing in the back and... Uh, Lily Taylor was right in the middle and she was not enjoying anyone's comedy. And it was fucking hilarious. I was just like staring at her like, you know, you're all anyone cares about in this room and you look like you're being tortured. Like it was so awful. Yeah. Stand-up isn't... Okay, this is... I think if we're... I think I can say this too. Comedy is a mental illness. Yes, it is. You know, and I just think comedy isn't for most everyone. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think it, at this point, should be like professional wrestling where we just exist in our little space with the, where the parameters are understood. Yeah. And like, don't try to make us culture. 
We're not. No. We're not even trying to be culture. We're literally over here transcribing our butts. So like, <laughs> why can't you just... It's like why it's literally they're just like, hey, should that clown write a novel? No, they shouldn't. Like, stop writing books. They should not. Like, these are the least well-read people I've ever known. I'm including myself. And we're writing books. Everyone's writing books. Everybody wants and to write a book. No one's reading them, but we're all <laughs> reading them. Like, here's like like you should have to you should have to do so many book reports to a publisher before they let you write a book. Like Stop Stop making us into philosophers. We're just not. No. And the three of us are some of the smartest comedians. <laughs> on the planet. On available. Like, <laughs> we are not dummies. I, I, I nary a chair humping between us. And I'm saying... In a I pinch, I'll do it. Don't, hand, don't leave me your keys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, don't. Don't do, leave us. Let us let us go back to the trash. But I we do, belong in the trash. Here's the thing that is couldn't be more true. I think comedians are the ones that some somehow suddenly decide that they are philosophers and that the they worst. are right. I mean, I when I am self serious, it's the it's the worst and the least funny, and it's so easy <laughs> because to me. Being funny is like almost this nauseating side effect. It's this personality I built when I was like eight and it's just never gone away. But I, and I don't appreciate it. But like (laughs) fucking holding forth on something and really telling people how it is, is my favorite. I'm addicted to that. And I believe myself when I'm saying it. When I see people do that, I'm saying, oh, so you want to be in trouble. So you're look. you want to be in future trouble. (laughs) That's what you want. You Mm -hmm. want future, you're you're trying to grow. What you're doing is you're watering a seedling of future disdain is what you're doing. When you're like, well, the thing about, you know, Israel and Palestine, you're like, oh, here we go. This should be us. Oh, yeah, like, there's it's even there to me the Achilles heel of any comedian is wanting to be taken seriously. Yeah, and like because also because of my other job of being a fine artist, I have to be real careful because if you start talking about that stuff, it's like just remember like to not sound like an absolute hand job. <laughs> yeah, like do your yeah. best here because you start if you've like. Read an article in Art Forum. A, you'll need to sit there with a dictionary, and it is the mo- it is the most circular. I don't know who it's. I don't know who it's for. Like I know it's sort of the for rich me. people, the rich buyers, right? They're not reading it. No, there's no it. It's too dense. It is the dense. Like every third sentence is a reference to something else that you then have to go find, because you're talking about people writing it who are two hundred grand deep in critical theory debt <laughs> from some of the best. These are people that are kind of smart. We're like, we shouldn't hang. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not hanging with you. You're too smart. Yeah. And, but yeah, I have to be real careful because I, some, you know, a large portion of my social media followers are from like skating, like toy machine fans. So I get the occasional question or comment about my art that is not necessarily based in, I would say, art history. <laughs> like, right, right. Or critical theory philosophy. It's just like sure. that. Look like a dick, and you're like, sure, yeah, sure, yeah, sure. Like, that part could be construed as looking like a dick, and I'm glad you saw that. You have <laughs> to yeah, change congrats. your bio to "All are welcome here at <laughs> heavenchristie.net Yeah, but it's a night. I, I, I'm glad. The there, are, you know, there aren't, there aren't many moments where you're really glad you're a comedian, but one of them. I'm glad I'm a comedian <laughs> to just kind of cut the pretension. Of also yeah. being a working artist down. Yeah, the it, that was my least favorite part of being in art school. And it, you you have to sit and as students critique other 
people's work. And there was always someone and they would be the least talented artist, but they were so good at bullshitting about art. And it drove me nuts. Like the people that wanted to talk about it and talk about theory, it, it, I hated it. Always. I was in a class once and this student had planned to do something involving like renting a cop car, but they couldn't get it together. So instead they just wrote on the wall, can we leave early in German? Which was hilarious. I was like, <laughs> yeah. But then we proceeded to have to talk about it for 20 minutes. And I was the only one I was like, guys, guys, guys. He's- they admitted this was a joke. What are we <laughs> yeah. doing here? They're just in a German class. Like, There's nothing more to it. Can we? Yeah. The, I mean, the amount of people I saw had to watch Burning Love Letters was a lot. <laughs> like, I've had to, I had to sit through the critique of a pile of actual garbage, I don't know, seven different times. Like, mm-hmm. seven separate times. Someone brought in garbage, put it on the ground, and we had to discuss <laughs> detritus, and we had to discuss. It was just like, homie. Yeah. Just paint, you can just paint an apple. Like it's fine. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I was always doing. I'm like, I don't know. I had some fruit or I had a photo of boats <laughs> and I painted it and I like the way it looks. And then the, the kid who cut off one of his dreadlocks and also smeared some poop on the canvas would get an <laughs> A because he talked about it for 30 minutes. And it, it, it drove me nuts that I love that, that, that uh, you don't have to deal with that as much in the comedy world. Like you I don't have to talk about a- it. On the way here, I saw a, a, a woman with a white woman with dreadlocks, and sure. I just I just wondered to myself, who are you emulating now? Like, where is that coming from? I feel like most fashion is like a, hey, you're cool, I'm gonna do that. So who's the patron patron saint of white people dreadlocks? The people point? in lab coats from the Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's that's like, we know they DeFranco. have the most vermicular, each one a perfect circumference. Maybe yeah. it's a from like a yoga catalog, a lo- yoga clothing catalog, and then there's one lady in there that's making it work. They can't uh, all be from Denver, you know what I mean? It yeah. can't only be Denver doing <laughs> yeah. this, and it can't only be New Mexico. We can't yeah. pin it on just yeah. those places. It's yeah, it's I also feel, okay, Fabletics. The, o- the only. <laughs> I feel like there's one, every bad thing gets an exception and uh, Keith Morris from Black Flag is allowed to keep his dreadlocks. Oh, I see him okay. all yeah, the time. He lives in Los Feliz. Yeah, he lives in Los Feliz. I work. see him walking. Look, I don't care. Like they, they're his. Is he bald and too? He, Does he have a bald spot? Always of course. a hat, not sure. I, I'm worried. I'm worried that we do have some traction alopecia where the yeah, weight yeah. is pulling back, you know, like a ballet dancer experiences. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he's, he's him and so he gets to, he gets to have like yeah. he's too cool of a dude. He's you're like, earned. Yeah, you're fine. He's earned it. Yeah. Yeah. Original lead singer Black Flag, Circle Jerks. Come on. <laughs> Come on. And, get wrote real. A de- and wrote a decent book. I read his book. It was very just like this is what happened. We we're all fucked up. And you're like, tight. <laughs> that's what I want. I want just like we were fucked up. And you're like, yeah. Great. And then he pulls out one dreadlock and he's like, it, it happened right about here. <laughs> like the rings of a tree, yeah. but you know, if he pulls the hair apart a little bit, like a, a, like, a lighter falls out. Yeah, Canyon Club. <laughs> 88. Right here, I can still smell it. <laughs> oh, that's a pine cone. <laughs> I didn't, yeah, when I think of Black Flag, I just think of uh, the guy from Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins. <laughs> yeah. And now, which, for some reason, Mike Vallely is the lead singer of Black Flag. Yeah, Rollins. yeah, sometimes, yeah. I don't know if now. Sometimes yeah. is a perfect amount, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the occasional. Like, oh, he's sick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I might be. All right. All right. Cool, cool, cool. I love that um, all of these punk bands became kind of like 
popular. Uh, they were around when I was a young teen and mm -hmm. we knew not to pretend. You weren't allowed to pretend to like punk if you actually didn't know yeah, very what you were talking about. So it yeah. literally scares me to be in this conversation because right. there's... I know how you feel. Yeah. I've watched guys talk like, you know, circle jerks, da -da -da, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. then if you try yeah. to pretend, that's the worst possible thing. Totally. You could, you could yeah. have done in 1984. Yeah, yeah, and I was basically pretending. I didn't care. I didn't know or care about the dead Kennedys or the Sex Pistols, but was I writing it on every single notebook when I was a kid <laughs> while secretly was just listening to The Cure yeah. and OMD and uh, all my sister's music? Yeah. I, but I knew I knew how to draw the logos, so that buys you some yeah. street cred. Do, that does help. I was forced to listen to The Cure and, uh, like, you know, Smith's. My brother, his room was next to mine. And you don't he, like the cure? I don't. I never had a choice. I wasn't given the chance to mm -hmm. have them introduced to me because my brother worked right. night shift at a supermarket. So at 5 a.m., the Smiths were just ripping through my house. So like, <laughs> yeah, I know yeah. the words to every Morrissey Smith song against my will. Same with yeah. the cure. Oh, wow. The same with Nine Inch Nails, Knits Reb, the Sugar Cubes, uh, you know, all of it. And, and all of it's good, like New Order. But I was never like, now I'm like, hey, New Order's pretty good. But at the time I was like, I'm awake to it. Like I could, like I was like- It was I, your alarm clock. Yeah, literally. It was the New Order <laughs> would just start blaring from my brother's bathroom. He had a giant boombox that he yeah. would turn on when he would take a shower. And so it was just every morning. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm oh, 17. Wow. <laughs> Bizarre love triangle. I guess it's time to go to school. <laughs> Early. I'm like, I shouldn't be this sad. <laughs> I, my sister um, was uh, was older than me, so she was always the one driving. And mm. she basically controlled the radio unless I really yeah. fought her. So I had the exact same thing, but the, the inverse, because I wanted to be listening to all those bands you just named, but I was listening to Boston, Foreigner, ACDC, right. <laughs> fucking all of it, and had to. And that was just kind of like, you know, it was just kind of the way of the world. I asked a guy from Boston. I was like, are the Pixies a big like band in Boston where people from Boston love them? He's like, nope, not as much as you think. He goes, most of them are into the band Boston. I was like, yeah, that tracks. <laughs> oh, wow. That tracks right there. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 Have you ever, there's a, uh, you probably haven't seen it because I had to uh, go down a weird dive on YouTube, but there is a long interview with David Bowie talking about how great he thinks the Pixies are. And it's really fun to, I don't know. Have you seen, it, it, have you seen Loud, Quiet, Loud, their documentary? No. It's great. And it's fascinating because it's like the whole documentary are like, did you guys just meet? Why are you this awkward around each other? It's incredible. Because like they the didn't Pixies? get along, right? All kinds right? of fighting. It's, it's, I, it doesn't feel completely like they didn't get along. I think it's just literally everyone in the band has the exact same personality. And they just can't, they don't know how to hang out with anybody. But uh, yeah, I, I feel like the Pixies, they all were dependent on some chemical and they, it was never the same one. One was a yeah. drinker, the other yeah. one's on barbiturates, the other one's... Well, uh, in the documentary, the drummer, became, the drummer became a magician, right? Oh, wow. That's when you know. But like a professional, I think a professional level magician, like he was making a, a living doing kind of like magic stuff. And so at one of the shows, his parents are coming. So he opens the show with his magic. Oh, no. And I will say it was respectable magic. You were like, oh, you have a real magic act drummer of the Pixies. 
Yeah, I love Matt. I when I say oh no, I think of bad magic. But well, then later in the documentary, he's so high they have to like stop a show. Yeah, like you know, he just he's like wasted. And he keeps playing this one part of the song when it should have stopped being that part of the song. Yeah, and yeah. he's just going for it too hard. And you see Frank Black go, "Are you high?" Like that. Just yelling at oh him. wow, really? Yeah, I got Frank Black's autograph on a book. That was pretty exciting in Glendale. Did he say Frank Black or Black Francis? He said Frank Black. Yeah, well, that's how you know you got a good one. Yeah, yeah. I was at a party once it, that Kim Deal came to. That was really exciting. We all it just kind of stood on one side of a pool and stared at her standing on the other side of the pool. Yeah, it I was mean, awesome. I think I saw I saw one of I saw the Pixies when Kim Deal was still touring with them, and it was like, you guys are the coolest band I've yeah. ever seen. You're so weird. Like, I just listened to them. I'm like, who the hell? Where in your head were you? Like, the song should sound like this. Yeah. In the documentary, <laughs> the guitar player is just going, like, and Frank Black goes, that's a classic Pixies guitar solo right there. You're just like, <laughs> it's just, I guess when they, when they came back the very, they, you know, hadn't toured in a long time, they did Coachella and Radiohead was playing. They're like, yeah, we're Radiohead, but the fucking Pixies are about to be on. Like, they're they the weirdest that. band. They're yeah. so good. It just does, I can't, I can't listen to it and be like, how did this even happen? Is it, all because it can't be all Frank Black because Kim Deal no. wrote some like great. So obviously the breeders this, are amazing. The yeah. breeders are great. Yeah. So what's the weird alchemy that is this bizarre sounding band? Like, hey, let's just use these lyrics in Spanish. And they're like, this <laughs> yeah. one's about me being molested, but there's a Spanish part. Like, cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like they had. They just were like, we're gonna just do this and see what happens. Also, I just am mad that m- more women don't do what I do and and dress like. Kim Deal yeah. just kind of wear a weird shirt and hope for the best. <laughs> yeah. Like that's yeah. I every time I see a picture of her, I'm like, that's what I'm doing. No one does this with me. No, no one, you're no one's Kim, just gonna hang. <laughs> you're a Kim Deal. Like you, I like I when I look at you, I'm like, that's a riot girl. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Karen, you are a Kim Deal. You're Guys. a big Kim Deal. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those were my there was an there was a band in the 90s and kind of an LA band called Edna Swap. Yes. Oh my God. And the you know, they famously they wrote "Torn," which then Natalie Imbruglia. The angriest I think I've ever been is when K Rock played the Natalie Imbruglia version. I called in a fervor, like <laughs> incensed. I was literally yelling at Tammy Heidi because she was like brand new <laughs> at the place, and so she was answering phones, and I'm like, "What the fuck is this bullshit?" Like freaking out. She's like. Listen, I would love to play Edna Swap, but they I cannot do that. <laughs> like, no. I worship that band. I used to fall, I used to see Edna Swap. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Fiercely private animals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> good. Hey, that's a good merch callback. Yeah, that was Deep a good cut. that was very Deep impressive. Cut. And and um, I drew that. Did you know that? He, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> that's an exactly right callback, you guys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, wow. I've been in you, since the beginning. Kevin's yeah, in this well, family Kevin, big time. Kevin was, has been a supporter. There are some people that just pump their fists. I DM so many unused merch ideas. Like it is to really something. <laughs> uh, I, oh my God, that was so long ago. I am I the just king remember of unused merch ideas for my friend's podcast. <laughs> I DM what I think are truly brilliant ideas. And I'm like, if you don't, and everyone's like, if you don't do this, you're a fucking stupid and you don't like money and what like I don't understand that there's a business involved and maybe they can't just like call a printer immediately and I'm just like I DM'd uh, 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 Tom Segura an idea a couple weeks ago and the fact that it's not in print I'm just like you're an asshole and I'm mad at you and I hate you (laughs) 
Yeah, keep making your bike shirts. I think your merch idea for my favorite murder was amazing, though. What was but I'm it? not the only one that that. What was it? I, I was going to draw uh, Karen and Georgia mugshot style, like police sketch style. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I realized in retrospect, I maybe should have made the drawing of Georgia flattering on any level. Like I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone's here's well. the problem. There weren't many like. Just it's hard frontal pictures of her. It was a lot of head mm -hmm. turn. And you need yeah. a dead frontal one. And the yeah. only frontal one I could find to work from, just it was like a passport level. It's photo. different for girls. It's different for girls. Yeah. You gotta <laughs> find the right photo reference. You can't it's make so someone important. look you can't take two a, a seemingly attractive people and be like, what if you weren't? They're like, why would I do this? <laughs> Imagine a world where you're a cartoon character. Let's turn it down a yeah. little bit. Yeah. Like, hey, you want some merch where you look sick? Hey, what about an oversized head and for no reason you're holding a surfboard on a wharf? Yeah. You're just... A, yeah, all a my ideas for people are just their worst traits. I'm just like, hey, Bert, you're super fat. You want to, like, lean into that shit? Yeah. They're like, no. Like, it's weird. He didn't, he didn't message me back. It's so crazy. <laughs> what happened? And I... And the... I'm so... I just... Am hurt. <laughs> but Kevin, now you have the fucking, the last laugh where you're like, well, then go to my fucking gallery if you want an idea for yeah. a shirt. Oh, How about you go to my New oh. York City show? Let me tell you, the turning down I do now is just <laughs> exquisite. Yeah. I'm like, no, I can't do your t-shirt design. I got to deal with this fine art waiting list. You yeah. dick. <laughs> well, with the art stuff, I it was the coming up with a price, and Dude. and and scolding yourself by making an hourly thing because the better you get, the faster you can finish things. It's like, wait, I'm I'm doing myself a disservice doing an hourly thing. I'll just come up with these numbers. I don't mind it as much with stand up, where I'm like, how much do you want for a set, and yeah. I can kind of do a realistic quote with stand-up. For yeah. some reason, it doesn't bother me with that. But with art, my back starts to sweat the minute someone's like, what would you charge for this? And I'm like, I don't know until I do it. I, I'm not sure how, long, how much trouble I'm going to have or if I have some weird full frontal drawing of you and I make you look bizarre. Yeah, it's, it's the hardest thing for me is coming up with a price tag. The for very art. first like solo show I ever had was this gallery in San Francisco called Jack Hanley Gallery. And he was a super, he's a rad, mellow, just kind of like hippie dude. And he was like, what do you want to price him? I was like, well, I, I want him so that anyone can buy him. And he was like, all right, what's that? And I was like, sure. 250 bucks. And I see him, and there was a lot of drawings, but I could see his face like, all right, we're never doing this again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, just yeah. so you know, he's like, he's like, oh, you don't know what rent is. Like you have no idea yeah. what rent is. And like, so I just don't, the, the beauty of dealing with the gallery is that's, I don't handle any of it. Right. They caught, like, they have a sales director. They yeah. cost what they cost. The last, I was in a group show with them a couple months ago and I had a buyer for one of them. And I was like, did that guy buy it? He goes, no, he wanted it for like a, a crap price. I go, what do you ask for it? Or what do you want to buy it for? And the price he wanted it for was what I was going to price it as. Yeah. And they were like, no, it's this much. I was like, is it really? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I was like, you seriously got, that's what it is. And it's because yeah. that's their, you know, yeah, the you're in they, the gallery. Well, it's this, like, yeah. it's not, a, you're not doing anybody favors. It's not about that anymore. Like, I sold all. everything in the New York show I had, and I guarantee I didn't cover their rent. There's no way. 
Like these space, like they opened a space here in you, LA. And you were in there for a full month. Yeah, so that like, is the realistic expectation is that you cover their rent that month. Yeah, but they have like the multiple exhibit. shows at a time. Like the space they have in LA, it's the old Kelly paper place. It's 8,000 square feet. Like oh. they have to sell thou- like millions of dollars in art just to cover their expenses. So like lowballing any of it, I'm just like, this isn't my business, man. I'm just here right. making these and these guys got to pay. And what people don't understand, galleries take half. Like, but they, what they do for you for that half. Because now, once you become like, now I get lots of DMs like, hey, do you sell out of your studio? That's the thing that happens next. Is yeah. Art vultures come and they want to buy stuff from you to get it cheap. And I'm like, I don't. Because I don't get anything from selling it to you. Like, they do a ton of shit for me. And that's what they get the money for. Yeah. They like Seeing a painting well, also, in a big fancy gallery looks cooler than me just mailing it to you. Right. Yeah. And the and the pricing is about it's about demand it's about stance it's a you know it's about optics yeah. so it's like you have a a painting that's like a big green square and at the price I'm sure I feel like I've seen this in movies or something but it's like if you stick ten thousand dollars on there someone might buy it right. but if you if you go two fifty people are like that old shitty square it's just all there's a lot of that kind of human interpretation right I mean art yeah. is very wacky. My my favorite art story is uh, so uh, John Hughes's lawyer bought uh, the Jeff Koontz basketball chambers, which was a <laughs> glass chamber that came with two basketball. It's like an aquarium with two basketballs in water, and it comes with a certificate that says you can change the water and the basketballs because the basketballs deflate in water, and it cost two million dollars, and that's hilarious and stupid. Yeah, like, yeah it I'm is so glad it happened, and I'm I see, I love that the crazy art world exists. I love it because it's like, yeah. what's what else are we supposed to like with our big dumb human brains that we think are so special? Like, what's the other level besides just goods and services you need to not die? Like to yeah. me, it has to like that's the only proof we're not like a little different from from like animal animals is we do yeah. this other stuff. I mean, I take it like super seriously. I won't, I don't ever like let it out, but like that shit like. Art to me is the whole thing. Like that's yeah. the only thing for any of us. Like that's the next thing your brain. It's the only. It's the thing that you should that that keeps humans. I don't know, human. I guess I and connected. And also, it's the thing that in this town is thrown out the window so quickly, where people love because there's so few people that have any kind of a handle on talent or taste or uh, what's good. Yeah. That it just it there's just such a low uh, respect for actual art. Yeah, that I like. I like when people actually kind of go out of their career way to do it anyway. Because I think that's like... Yeah, I mean, that's what... The key. The only difference in... The only difference now in my life is that someone's selling them. It's like just... Yeah. It's a thing you just do all the time because you feel... if. I've, I don't know if you feel this like, like this, Chris, but I feel like if you have a talent and you don't use it, you're kind of like spitting in the faces of people that weren't lucky enough to get one, you know? Right. Like I always think of people I knew when I was younger that were like nice people, smart people who just couldn't find necessarily a calling to do. Like you're so lucky to be able to do a thing that's like in, can people think is interesting and valuable. And like, they're like, oh, you have a talent. Like to not do it just seems like such a damn waste. Well, it always offended me when someone was like, oh, if I had your talent, I'd do it all the time. I would love... And it's like, I'm sorry, but it feels like work to me. I'm sorry that I don't enjoy it as much as you think you would. If you, I, To me, it's not... 
it's work. And so when I'm not doing it, it's, it, I there don't is like feel a, like I'm doing a disservice. There is honestly. a lack of understanding about how hard it actually is. I mean, I realized that after graduating art schools, everyone was like, oh, art school must be fun. You're like, it is the most grueling, unfun. Like, it's fun that you're doing art and talking about it all the time. But like, I've never slept less in my entire life. Like yeah. you had class, like you have to do 5,000 swatches in this class. You're like, uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, that but shit. I don't want to. Like yep. you have Those to draw swatches. a thousand hands. You're like, I, ow, no. But like you did, <laughs> yeah, it is I like, like, I like drawing hands. Yeah, I drawing hands drawing. is great. A little burn Hogarth. <laughs> My dad made me draw hands over and over and over in the basement. He would just say, look at your left hand, draw it with your right. Look at your right hand, draw it with your left. Do said, it over and over. What you can I'm like, tell. I think this is abuse. I think you're abusing. It, is, it does sound like it. But yeah, man, I'm getting good sure. at drawing hands. Why the and, basement? He took you down to the basement. No, it's, it was cooler. It was the coolest That was part the drawing hole, Karen. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why there was a double bolt lock on the door <laughs> and it's like hey these are just at home art lessons why are you sliding a tray of food under here uh but i, yeah, I don't think I, you should hose me down after my 1000 yeah, why do hand, i have to get but... de i'm in sixth grade <laughs> but i do i do miss i i do appreciate that my dad did that so much uh I have. I always. Yeah, th- I have I in my it. head what I when I'm making art. It's like I have an like invisible dad in the back of my head. Like that looks realistic. Like that's how, that's how <laughs> yeah. men of his generation judged art. Like that look. You know, you really got the depth. Yeah. That's a good looking sphere. Until it's <laughs> I, round. I, I was lucky to have an art school dad that was that. Was your dad was an a artist? Very good. Very good painter. Yeah, he is way. But that I honestly. The way you said you you dove back into it and kind of retaught yourself how to be an oil painter, which to me is intimidating. I'm scared to not be as good as I once was. I'm gonna level with you. So, oil painting, but, the first week you're in the weeds, and then it's easier. Don't tell yeah. anybody. It takes Don't, so long to dry. You have all this time to fix things. Oh, easier <laughs> than acrylic. Yeah. Yeah, acrylic. You're on the clock. Like yeah, that shit I, for dries. some reason I like that. I want it to be over. But you ever, yeah. if you want to do a clear glaze and acrylic, you got to have a spray bottle in one hand and the yeah. will to murder in the other because you got no time, no time. Yeah, you, yeah. you in oil, you lay a thin. You got days. You can yeah. just brush and brush. It's like an airbrush. Get in. Yeah, it. I, I, I think I'm lazy and don't want to deal with the uh, getting rid of the chemicals. The chemical you can't just pour them down a sink. What do you go to oh, a facility? It's gonna what kill do you me. Do with your... I will die from it. <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what do you do with it? Do you do you, do okay, do you this... use actual paint thinner? By my, I well, I use this. The, is good. I use we're it. going into a boring territory. I'm sorry. <laughs> a little bit. I'm Lightly. sorry, Karen. I am so little interested bit. in it. I'm There's just a... gonna check Twitter really quick. <laughs> oh, sorry, Karen. What do you want? We don't have to talk about There's this. A... No, 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 I, I want to hear uh, where pe- Kevin keeps his chemicals. There's a no fumes gam thinner that I use as a medium <laughs> and a, a brush cleanser. Good and God, I'm, Karen, I'm so sorry I asked. There's a pile <laughs> of rocks near my back door, and oh. that's where I dump yeah. uh, the when the, when the paint thinner gets too thick. When it's, you get a sludge at the bottom of where you clean your brushes, and I dump it into that pile of rocks. Is and this the I, same pile of rocks from Shawshank where he proposed to his wife <laughs> by, like a, by a tree? It's, no, it's not like... And you're going to see an obsidian rock that has no yeah, business yeah, in that wall. Yeah, it has no, no earthly business being there. <laughs> and I guess I just why, miss my friend. Why do all men love Shawshank Redemption? It's a love story, much like uh, Lethal Weapon. Yeah. It's two men <laughs> that are in friends to the point where they are in love. They're 
Yeah, they're in love. And also Shawshank Shawshank at its base is a Stephen King story. And Stephen King is one of the greatest writers that we've ever had. And I do appreciate it. Like, yeah, he's, liter- he's one of those people that's so prolific. You kind of are like, ah, it's like the Beatles. You're like, are they? And you're like, yeah, yeah. They yeah. were yeah. actually that great. He, he writes is, great fucking stories. That, and the is, ending of Shawshank and the the reason everyone yeah. loves it is because finally we have a movie that's worth the watch. You it's, get to the end, the poster fucking comes down, all is right with the world. You yep. actually feel better having watched yeah. that Also, movie. Stand By Me. Like, yeah. yep. that dude's wheelhouse is bonkers. Also, Pet yeah. Cemetery. You see a three-year-old get hit by a semi truck. I that. love Pet Cemetery. <laughs> the voice. Now listen here, past guest, and not to but Henry Phillips's mother was the voice of the possessed child in Pet Cemetery. That's so good. Chew on that shit. <laughs> Chew on that. I shit. I ruined everything I watch with my girlfriend by pointing out who that person yeah. was and something else. I know. I'm like two episodes of Frasier. That guy. Two episodes of Frasier. <laughs> like I ruined. You're pointing I, at the dog. Oh, <laughs> if I'm watching TV and I I love British things, so I, I yell out, "We got a crown! We got a crown! That's a crown! That's <laughs> we got a crown and a Harry Potter! We got a Potter and a crown!" This it is feels epic. like with the British with the British cast. We'll call them the the cast that is the country of England. There's 25 actors. <laughs> Truly, and yeah. I'm just All like, knighted. there you are. I love you, Hugh Bonneville. Whatever you're about to say, I'll believe it, and I'll <laughs> follow you all the way through. They're just too good. They're they're just so good. They care. Good. They go to school for acting for so long. I ruin. I, I love a guest star that was in like one episode of Falcon Crest or something. Like I'm, <laughs> and then and I just love seeing that they're still they're still at it. Yep. I'm like, look at you. You're Falcon. still out there. Shipping away. Falcon Crest. I'm just, I appreciate that you watched TV with your parents when you were a kid. <laughs> Falcon Crest? I, lo- I mean, of- dude, I, I was raised by the television in a way that was, that was every, like, latchkey kid. It was just me and that TV. I also had insomnia. Yeah. So I would just watch TV all night. Yeah. Mm. I was raised by the TV. I breastfed on the knob. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I wa- I used to watch televangelists. Like that's how I got into everything. Yeah, like, yeah. just late night because on Saturday after Saturday Night Live after midnight, like the first church show would start. Yeah, like two a.m. It's a guy named. Wait, Kreflo- where are you from? I'm from La Crescenta, Glendale. There, there's a guy walking around my neighborhood, and the dogs are not having it. I'm sorry. Wait, hold on. Well, maybe second. he's a maybe he's a predator hey. of some kind. The dogs. No, no. That's for those, so list, for those listening. Karen is panamining no at her dog. Karen is reacting and conversing with what could only be a human. This is also my favorite thing. That was facial expression. You were delivering your demands to a dog with also one of my favorite things to watch in TV is an extra that goes too hard in pantomime. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Oh. I like when We're two extras cafe. talk at the same time oh. at each other. Blah 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 blah. They won't yeah. relent. <laughs> and then they both start eating soup simultaneously. Like, oh, fuck. When I'm on set, not to brag, this is my life. Yeah. But when no, I've no, been on union, sets, I know your union. I know you get the insurance. After eligible. And yeah. uh, I would watch, like, I would Sag love. Pending. I would love when I saw, I would look in the corner of my eye and see two extras that don't realize they're not on camera anymore. So they're uh, just, they're high-fiving. doing it. Like they're borderline. It's a dance. And they are making points and listening to points. I love the background. They get such a bad rap, but God, what you couldn't, what would you do without them? They are I mean, so necessary. Every yeah. date in the 
in the background of a scene of a TV show or a movie is is on paper the worst date anyone could be on. Because yeah, they literally have to fight. imagine sitting across from a person who keeps talking while you talk. Yeah. Like every yeah. time I'm like, why won't one of you agree to relent? Why won't one of you listen? It's yeah. just yeah. as interesting to be an active listener as it is to be a nodding, smiling talker. And I I know I've I've dropped this credit a lot. I'm gonna do it again. When do I was it. an extra in the uh uh, in the Western American Outlaws about Billy <laughs> Billy the Kid, I did mostly nodding. <laughs> I mostly acknowledged I was a listener in the background. And and yes, I'm blurry in most shots. Wait, I just need to say that my dog was fit, turned the other way, which is why I was pan- pantomiming toward her. I was trying to get her attention. It wasn't <laughs> for the camera. Oh, I know. No, I know you weren't playing it up for visuals. I just, it was, I was a like, very, guys, watch this. Guys, watch this. It I was love very extras. I love them. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They're the you best. You were extras acting on Zoom with your dog. You were in an I, argument I was on the worst date that. ever with I your dog. I wish I'd figured out a way to, you know what I really love is when extras figure out how, even though they have, they're crossing and basically their backs become to the camera, they figure out a way to turn around. Like oh, you see yeah. you see that in movies. I love and there's, it. Yeah. There's some people that really Get know how to do face. it. Where it's I like, mean, wait, yeah. do I check my words well, that register. way? In commercials, <laughs> in commercials, to be fair, you're talking about the difference between $100 and $10,000. Right. If you, Is that yeah. true? Yeah. If you can get your face on camera for like over three seconds, like I used to just, when I first started doing commercials, I didn't have lines. I was always just craning in. It was Pee Wee Herman <laughs> when he's coming into frame in the movie. Yeah. When he's trying, like, because you can, if you do it and you trick them and you get in a good take, you're getting... Because you don't get paid more or less for talking in a commercial. It's the same. It's just being on screen and your face being wow. visible. So you can really inch your way into a whole new income level. So like it's, a, <laughs> wow. I, I, I love it. I didn't wow. realize that. I wish I had consulted with you for my last La Quinta in bit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love commercial. <laughs> this is one of those episodes I figured it would happen, but we've gone... Uh, hour oh my god! Minutes. Yeah, I know, I know. Because oh, we're having fun. You got we're Christy. Kev. You got Christy. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you son of a bitch! You hey, got you did you. it again. You did it again. This that is went be, so fast. That's this hilarious. Episode, yeah, we're, this is going to end with it to be continued. We're going to have to divide this up. This Might really be should one, be a two-parter. Two. It's because yeah. you know talent. It goes at the speed of fun. So it really does. <laughs> I made and, that up just now. Don't yeah. I mean, you're gonna that's it. By the way, great t-shirt. I don't know why yeah. you're not yes. burning this. There's yeah. your what there's your merch for yourself. I would yeah. ne- that's you know what? I would never make merch for myself. <laughs> I couldn't yeah. do it. I'd only hire someone for else. Others. I'd yeah. hire someone else. I'd only hire Chris. For others. I would only like I would be like, I need I'll, merch. I'll accept Please the deal. It. Yep. I'm glad ten thousand dollars. Thank you. Yes. No, it I'm getting better at coming. Yeah, <laughs> you'll know when I'm done. Yeah. That's what I always say. When, when I slam the, th- I throw the phone across the room. When people ask my friends, like, does Kevin do commissions? I go tell him I'm slow and expensive, and then I never. <laughs> That's yeah. great. Yeah. See, yeah, I don't want the work either. And uh, Kevin, <laughs> we, we, what do you what are you doing? Uh, any plugs? Uh, if you want to look at my art, you can go yeah. to my Instagram at Kevin G Christie. You have Kevin G. Christie. The G in the middle. Uh, yeah, if you, of course, if, stands for George? Gordon. Gordon, of course. Gordon, my grandfather's Gordon, name. my second guess. Yep. Uh, and same for if you want to see some jokes, you can go on Twitter. Twitter. 
And other than that, just follow the teachings of Christ. And (laughs) so if you want to change your life, there's a book called Dianetics I recommend. Either way. I just remember, sorry, Chris. I just remembered one of my favorite, honestly, memories of my life. Um, because I knew Kevin Christie from comedy and I knew him from Twitter. I start, I saw him, I saw him on a TV series about fantasy football on a plane one time and became wow. his number one fan. Wow. Have I never talked to you about this? No. I saw you in that. You were in the league? No. <laughs> oh. Though no. it was a different There's thing. There's other fantasy football Jerry shows? Ferrara, you may know him as Turtle, and Max Greenfield, you may know as Schmidt. Made hey, a, you know I had two callbacks for Turtle, <laughs> and I didn't get it. They gave oh, it no. to that, that kid, that manager of a Lids store. I should have <laughs> worn my carry-all hat. Sorry, I get you. a little upset. It's a Easy. terrible... He helped me I, through my divorce. How dare you? <laughs> well, he makes a hell of a fat sandwich. <laughs> he's really he's in great shape now. I mean, he was in men's health. Yeah, he's, he, he looks great. He's going to beat me up now? I was kidding. <laughs> I, I wouldn't. Here's the thing. Jerry comes from a place I wouldn't get in a fight with that man. Hey. <laughs> he grew up in he grew up in Brooklyn when it wasn't when it wasn't fancy. Back no. to my story. Sorry, I knew Kevin from Twitter <laughs> from that TV show. Yeah. Then I followed him on Twitter. Uh-huh. Didn't understand how Twitter worked and faved every single thing he posted, <laughs> not uh, understanding you, yeah, yeah. that he, he could it. see it and sure. would probably see me doing that. Yeah. Didn't yeah. know that in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, felt humiliated. Then was doing comedy shows like some like either at the same time or was around him. Then felt especially humiliated. And then one day I walked out of therapy with a huge swollen crying face. And here's Kevin Christie sitting in the waiting room of my therapist's office because there was like three therapists. And the first time I was like, wow, it can't get worse with this fucking guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> truly, after like the third time we saw each other in passing, because my appointment was always ending when his was beginning. Yeah. One time Kevin just held up the silent fist and we did a fist bump, like a therapy fist bump in the yeah. waiting room. And it yeah. was one of the my favorite things of all time. Well, it's like divorce wreckage? Yeah. What's <laughs> up? <laughs> bump it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that was God, a fun... I, I met, the only memory... One of my memories of... You came in... Because then our, our appointment was at the same time. And so you would come in and we we're both sitting there and there was a, a, a couple's therapist and there was a couple in there they were waiting to go in and they were having way too much fun. Yes. We're just getting along great and laughing. And then they went in and I was like, those two fuckers were just laughing. Like, why are they going? Like, what are you there to <laughs> yeah. taunt us? Like, it was they're so... They're, like, therapy waiting room is such a specific hellscape. It's so yes. weird. It's yes. just... So, we're all just like, hey, sads. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you don't want to see people you know Dude. coming or going in therapy. You just don't. And you and I didn't have... Any kind of like, it wasn't even like, oh, I've been at parties with him. Oh, I've that guy's cool. Nothing at all. That was I just the beginning had that. of our relationship. <laughs> <laughs> it was, and yeah. I think that that fist bump really kind of solidified of like, okay, I don't. This guy's, I trust this guy. <laughs> this isn't as because it was so embarrassing. Like you, you, people talk about going to therapy, but you're like, yeah, but you don't also go. Oh, and I really cry hard in therapy. Yeah, also, <laughs> like, and if you see someone don't talk about. Repeatedly, it's like, oh, you cry every time. Wow, wow, you're really okay. So, so it's just you're, you're still you're still digging into it. You're not so much. The other side's not quite visible yet. No, There's, still digging. No, everyone's just leaving puffy. 
And you're like, <laughs> wow, you we just we're just paying for this bullshit. <laughs> yeah. I'm full Zoom now, which feels yeah. easier. See, now is yeah. a perfect I hope we have a better help at this episode. Now's a perfect time <laughs> to slip it in. It's tailor made to you. Guys, I think this is a great time to bring up Squarespace. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we're the only podcast not sponsored by Squarespace. For real, it's not a catchy slogan, but we're uh, Kevin. You are uh, that. This was a goddamn delight. It really was. You've been listening to Do You Need a Ride? D Y N A R. This has been an exactly right production, produced by Casey O'Brien. Mixed by John Bradley. Artwork by Chris Fairbanks. Theme song by Karen Kilgariff. Follow the show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Dynar Podcast. That's D-Y-N-A-R Podcast. For more information, go to exactlyrightmedia.com. Listen, follow, and leave us a review on Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget, you can listen to new episodes one week early on Amazon Music or early and ad-free by subscribing to Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Follow Do You Need a Ride on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you never miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. And visit the exactlyrightstore.com to purchase Do You Need a Ride merch.